So we do not want to be double-minded in this life. We do not want to be, we should not be double-minded, and we need to stay alert. James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is a double-minded, is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Okay, the Aramaic, translation of the Aramaic in verse 8 there, it says, whoever wavers in his mind, whoever wavers in his mind is troubled in all his ways. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be double-minded. I do not want to be troubled in all my ways. And he's very clear what causes the trouble. We cannot, a a person, I'm not going to say this about anyone from RCC, but a person cannot make grounded, good decisions when they are double-minded. We're going to study some of what that means. So, when a person looks around, when a person like this looks around and says, you know, why did this happen? Don't I serve a good God? You see, we have a place we need to look. We need to be introspective. We need to think about how we're approaching situations. After all, the beginning of this verse says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So if you ask him, he's going to give. You need to be yielded, you need to listen, and you need to act upon what he says to you. The only thing, the only thing that will keep our minds from being, from wavering in a time of testing or in a time of temptation, and those are different, is knowing how to stand on the word of God. Knowing how to stand on who we are in Christ, who he has made us to be. Knowing the word in our hearts, knowing the word in our hearts, and absolutely refusing to be moved off of it. No matter what it looks like, no matter what your neighbor says. Sometimes no matter what family members say. Sorry. Standing fast in our faith in Jesus. Our faith in Jesus Christ and what he has already won for us. So in the coming weeks, we are going to be studying together about engaging in spiritual warfare. James 1.12. James 1.12. Blessed is the one who perseveres 
under trial. Okay, we've got temptation, we've got trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive, it says will, that doesn't mean maybe, it means absolutely, will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised. The Lord keeps his promises to those who love him. So we persevere under trial to receive the crown. Yes, that's eternally, eternal life, but it is in the here and now. It is also in the here and now. We are the ones, the believers in Christ, who persevere and stand firmly in our position in Christ. Okay, so we're going to go through some temptation and trial discussion. James 1.13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. He can't get any more clear than that. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. If it's evil, it's not from the Lord. It is not him trying to teach you something. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. A person allows themselves to be enticed. People may not want to hear that, but a person allows themselves to be enticed by evil. That's not God. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. You do not want to engage with even a flicker of sin. It's an insidious thing, and it always ends in death of some sort. So we want to guard ourselves. How are we going to guard ourselves? We're going to guard ourselves in the word. We're going we're to build our foundation. We're going to have a garrison within us and around us. Christ in us. Okay? Temptation is only, only of the devil. God cannot entice you with sin. He will not do that. He does not try to grow you up through temptation. That's false doctrine. We've just read it. Temptation is any enticement, any enticement that is against the word of God. And we need discernment through the word to recognize it. It comes only from the devil. It is brought to trap you, to ensnare you, to bind in chains. But hallelujah, Jesus sets free. <laughs> so we resist temptation. We persevere through trial, but we resist temptation. They're different things. The scripture tells us that the devil is a roaring lion. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be alert 
and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, <coughs> excuse me, King James there says, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. What's your faith in? Jesus. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So King James there, it says, whom he may devour. So when it says that, what are you going to say? You're going to say, devil, you cannot devour me. You cannot devour me. You are the one that will shut the door. Okay? Because you're going to say, Devil, you have just run smack dab into the risen Jesus Christ in me. That's what you're going to say. That's what you're going to say. Devil, you may not devour me because I have the risen Christ and you have just run full bore right on into him and he is not going to let you go any further. But you have to stand in him. You have to agree with him. Right? So, we need to stay alert. It says there, alert, be alert, and of sober mind. So we need to be alert, and we need to be sober-minded. So, we must, we must stay alert to the wiles of the devil. Don't think just because everything's going okay in your life that the devil isn't thinking of things. It doesn't mean he's going to get you, but he never stops trying to attack the believers. Okay? And, it, you know, in, in our society, I, I really don't understand why everybody's so shocked with everything. Because it all started a long time ago. And if people were alert and sober-minded, we wouldn't be in the societal situation that we're in. So I, I really don't get why people are walking around with their mouths hanging open when things are happening. That's foolishness, really. That's really foolishness. People need to take responsibility and do something even now. Because in God's book, it's not too late. Okay? So it really doesn't take... I mean, we can use some of the examples in this world today, but honestly, they're really bad examples because it really takes pretty much no alertness to recognize, although there's, there are obviously plenty of deceived people, so maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but it doesn't take a whole lot of alertness to realize that many of the social agendas and political agendas that are going on are totally in disagreement with God. Completely. But how you respond to them really does matter. Okay? Um, it's really sort of incredulous that people feel like they've been caught unaware. But anyway. You know, some of those issues are, for instance... Choosing one's own sex. Absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely against the word of God. Okay? So if your kids, you know, it's starting in kindergarten, if your kids are in that situation, you need to do something about it. Don't sit around and think it's going to be okay if you leave your kid in that situation. That's your issue. That's your responsibility. And you need to put your feet on the ground. I mean, these are really blatant 
But, but there are other, you know, obviously smaller issues. Well, they're not smaller. They're actually more important because it starts in the spirit, doesn't it? Okay, so identifying. Identifying as a male one day, identifying as a female the next day, identifying as a dog, identifying as a giraffe, identifying as an it. It's demonic. It's not just wrong, it's absolutely demonic. Okay? The delusion, that delusion is sweeping across people's souls. And it's the devil trying to grab them into darkness. No ifs, ands, or buts about it because it disagrees with the word. And anything that disagrees with the word is darkness. Does that mean you do not love the deceived person? No. It means you love, you reach, you become the voice of Jesus to them. Okay? So... Another one, saying that people of, of a certain skin color are inherently biased, are inherently evil. That does not line up with Scripture. What does Scripture tell us about anyone? Now, I, I never saw it mentioned, skin color. What does it tell us about anyone who's in Christ? It says, the love of God is shed abroad in their hearts. So what would you rather be agreeing with or confessing over your children? What would you rather have teachers confessing over your children? That there is an inherent bias and evil because of their skin color or because of their sex? Or would you rather have someone confessing over your children that the love of God is shed abroad in their hearts? And that that will fix things. And that will bring unity. And that will erase boundaries. The love of God never loses. People are losing because they aren't walking in it. You see that? People are losing because they're not agreeing with the word. All right. So... Why, why do we allow even people to preach hate? I think that's a good question. We should be, when we, when we run into that, it's our responsibility to say, no, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. And you, you, no one has a right to judge that. Good or evil is not in skin color. Good or evil is not in the sex of a person. Good or evil is in the heart, and the heart is controlled to the extent that a person submits to Christ. And a person can do good stuff, but it is not truly, purely good unless they're submitted to Christ. There's always some ulterior motive. So, there is absolutely nothing, nothing innocent in this world. Don't think that way. Don't think that's just life. Uh Uh-uh. There is nothing innocent in this world. And if we 
choose to agree or allow worldly policy, we lose. We must be careful. Here, here's one that maybe, maybe some people haven't thought about. You know, it has now become an imposed practice to label on your emails he, she, or he, he, him, she, her, it, they. Okay? If you do that, you have just agreed with the devil. You have just agreed with the devil. Because God gave every person in Christ, every person, an identity. He gave them an identity. And that is a practice, a new practice, demonstrating demons. Does God give anybody multiple identities? Okay, so if you're doing that on your emails to be nice, you're agreeing with the devil. You are propagating demonic activity. Jesus cast out the legion. He didn't say that multiple identities could stay in that person. You, you understand what I'm saying? It might seem innocent, it's not innocent. And you shouldn't be agreeing with it. So if I were you, I wouldn't put myself, honestly, under that demonic umbrella. If you do that, you sign he, she, or he, him, it, they, you have just put yourself within the, the devil's reach. You have opened the door. You might think I'm being picky, but it, you need to wake up. It goes down to everything. Everything you do, you need to think about. Are you agreeing with God or not? Is it according to his word or not? Okay? It shocks me. This is another shock, and I'm really kind of irritated, I, I probably shouldn't say that, with people who are mad at Disney. Why weren't you awake all these years? Why are you surprised by this? Disney has pro propagated evil things for years and years and years and nobody seemed to care. If you've raised your kids on Disney, you need to start doing some spiritual warfare and taking crop failure off oh, from those spirits that were being sown into their souls. I know, you know, y'all can think I'm crazy. I really don't care if you think I'm crazy because I'm trying to grow you up and I'm trying to make people aware. It matters. Disney has always encouraged magic. There's no such thing as good magic. There's no such thing as a good witch. There's no such thing as a good ghost, except the Holy Ghost. So if it has magic, there's an issue there. And for you, and it's not just movies, it's video games and books and whatever media you want to take in, whatever speech you want to have, okay? But... It's not just the magic. It's the huge self-reliance. You know, we all think, 
oh, this great hero, self-reliant. You know, we're not supposed to be self-reliant. We're supposed to rely on God. And those are the little insidious ones that can really catch people later in life. Okay? For, for older people, you know, I think, you know, you think all these superhero movies are, are innocent, that they're harmless. They're not harmless. They're not harmless at all! What do superheroes have? They have magic powers. You want to call them superpowers? Okay, go ahead and whitewash it. You know, but you're deceiving yourself. It's not okay. Those are spirits that are trying to get a hold of your soul. And the more you entertain it, the less discerning spiritually you will become. It's trash. If you never watch anything, another movie, if you never have to, can watch another movie, fine. Spend your time here. I know y'all think I'm being legalistic, but I'm not, because everything is motivated by the spirit. And it's either a demonic spirit or it's a God spirit. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying this stuff to guilt people. I'm saying wake up. And if, you'd, if you've allowed this stuff in your home, well, take crop failure on it and get to work in prayer. Find those demons and cast them out in Jesus' name. Because the name of Jesus works, the blood covers. It's not... Just fun frivolity. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> you think I'm being tough, don't you? Well, somebody's got to do it. I'm not going to stand before the Lord and say, I permitted it. I'm not going to stand before the Lord and say that I didn't make people aware that I was responsible for. Anyway... <laughs> Isn't it fun to be in my household? No, it wasn't always. Everybody always has issues, don't they? And we got to stay alert. We got to stay alert. We got to stay sober minded. Sober minded, strong. Naphon. To be sober. Not drunk, okay, and that can, that can mean drunk as in wine or, or alcohol, but also not intoxicated, free from illusion. Free from illusion. Don't deceive ourselves. These things matter. The, the, like I said before, there aren't good ghosts, there aren't good witches, there's no good magic, there's no white lie. It's truth or it's not. But you know, the Lord loves us, and he's gracious and long-suffering and patient and kind, and he doesn't cast you out the minute you make a mistake. Okay, I want to clarify. I'm just trying to wake us up. Because it's time. It's long past time. Okay. Free from the intoxicating influences of sin. Like, this is all in Strong's, like the impact of selfish passion. 
So selfishness, greed, rage, lust, narcissistic behavior. Those are worldly passions. Those are things, you know, the little foxes, there are no little foxes. You understand that? There are no little foxes. Identify it, deal with it. Sober-minded means it refers to having presence of mind, clear judgment, enabling someone to be temperate, to be self-controlled. It means to have one's wits and faculties about them, which is the opposite of being irrational. So that's sober-minded out of strongs. This requires discipline. It requires discipline. It requires yieldedness to the heart of the Lord, to his will. James tells us to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. James 1.27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself to keep one's self from being polluted by the world no one else will do it for you you must do it for yourself and by the way well i'm not going to go there you have to do it for yourself now it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have someone who who helps you with accountability that's a good thing, okay? Someone who's strong in the Lord, who's filled with the Holy Spirit to help you. We all need someone to come alongside us, right? I mean, we have Jesus, of course. We have the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, the devil, this is the good stuff. I know you think I gave you some hard stuff, but this is good. <laughs> that was actually good. <laughs> the devil cannot cannot devour a believer situated solidly on the word of God, cannot devour that believer. Who, because he gives us wisdom, he gives us alertness, strength, and the inner fortitude to be sober-minded. You have the Holy Spirit to do that. Walking with you every day. Okay? Sober-mindedness is a mind renewed by the word. That's how we become sober-minded. When your mind is renewed to the word, you will be able, completely able, to detect false doctrines. Demonic social policies, demonic political thought. Okay? When your mind is renewed to the Word, and you will be able to detect demonic practices trying to infiltrate your life. Okay? That's why you must know the Word, and you must agree with the Word. 
The devil is always trying, always trying. But a Christian who is alert and sober will not be deceived. You will not be deceived. You do not have to be fearful of that. Okay? I'm a proactive preacher. What did Jesus do, for instance, when he healed people? So many scriptures, read them yourself, they say, he preached the kingdom. And then healing came. That's not just physical healing. That's spiritual. That's all of it, okay? So when we know the kingdom, when we know that we walk in the kingdom, when we know that the Christ kingdom is on the inside of us, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is dwelling in us, we don't have to be fearful. We know we will have the wisdom to discern, to see, to hear, to know. Okay? So, where was I? But let's call this, let's call this eyes on Christ living. Okay? Eyes on Christ living. Because if that's where our eyes are, we're always going to know. We're always going to be aware. We're always going to see. We're always going to hear. You see? We'll be renewed to the Christ in us. There are demons... Don't fool yourself. There are demons in witchcraft all around. It's a real world. Okay? And your sober-mindedness, you renewing your heart to this word, renewing your mind to this word, will make you aware when something's not right. You will know. God will speak to you. Uh-uh, I'm sorry, something's wrong there. And then you go to the Lord and he'll reveal it. Let's go to Acts 16. I want to show you. You will be able. Uh, you know, there are a lot of prophets around right now, aren't there? Prophets coming out of the woodwork. Okay? Be careful. Test the spirit. Test the spirits you will be able to detect false prophecy. When you're alert, established, sober, minded, standing on the word. Acts 16, verse 16 through 20. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit with which she predicted the future. Okay, that's divination. People practice that. Don't, don't just, like, go hide away. People practice that. Who had a spirit of divination or predicting the future. She carried a great deal of money. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. Palm reading is not innocent. Fortune-telling is not funny. Astrology is not okay. You understand that I'm not calling out the things necessarily, but I'm just using those as examples. It's, it's the ideology, the, the, the spiritual influence behind it, okay? She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, if someone said that to you, wouldn't you think, oh, this, this person's okay, 
Wouldn't you think that? Well, we have an example in the Bible where it's not okay. So don't be foolish. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you discernment. She kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed, you should be annoyed, he became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Who's stronger, that Spirit or Jesus? Who's stronger in you? Okay, so you have nothing to worry about as long as you're listening to him, do you? You understand that I'm not saying this is something to become fearful of? This is not a spirit of fear. This is a spirit of rising up and allowing the Christ in you to lead. (coughs) At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. That's a trial. That's a persecution. Okay? They're being persecuted for enforcing Jesus. You see? Enforcing the kingdom of God. Okay, that's the point when you persevere. And we all know what happened after that, right? There was an earthquake and they were released. Okay? God showed up big. God will always show up big when you persevere in trial that has come against you, something that is against the word of God. Okay? Even someone with a spirit of witchcraft in this case knew who Jesus was. They didn't know revelatorily, but they knew that guy's Jesus. So, Remember, beloved, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. Not every friend that professes to be your friend is your friend. Some friends are wolves. Friends are wolves in sheep's clothing trying to drag you down. Okay. You must have a spirit of discernment. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must, and the Holy Spirit will give it to you. Even the devil quoted scripture to Jesus. You have that example. So be aware. Be sober-minded. The word will keep you alert. It will give you discernment. The Holy Spirit will give you discernment. The word will allow you to be sober-minded. It will grow sober-mindedness up in you so that you can discern. Pray in the Spirit. If you're not, if you don't know, if you don't pray in the Spirit, go ahead and start praying in the Spirit. God doesn't withhold that. You can do that in your own room. You don't need hands laid on you. You don't need, if you want them, that's okay. I'm not saying it's not, okay? But, you can receive the, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit's evidence of speaking in tongues all by myself. I just, you know, I was at the pool one day, and I'm like, the Lord said, read Acts. I said, okay, Lord. Because right before that, I said, oh, Lord, I just want everything that is the truth about you, I want that in my life. That's what I want. Okay? So anything that's not the truth in you, help me get rid of it. Anything that is the truth, give it to me. 
He said, Lisa Marie, read Acts. I didn't even know what Acts was. I, didn't, I honestly didn't. That's how uneducated I was in the word. Okay? He said, read Acts. So I sit by the pool that day, I read Acts. Blah, 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 blah. All, get all this stuff. I'm like, is that really true? Is all that speaking in tongues, do you, do you mean that we really do that? He said, okay, let me prove it to you. <laughs> Yeah, I need some proof, Lord. <laughs> I already had it right there in the Word, didn't I? So he said, okay, go down to the, the Catholic Basilica down, or what, I don't know what it's called, so forgive me if I'm using the wrong words, but, you know, the big church, the Catholic church, because the Lord knew that I was raised Catholic, okay? So he said, go down there. I walk in the door, and the first thing I look up, I see that there, and I wasn't a practicing Catholic because my my whole family had been excommunicated from the Catholic Church when I was young. Um, that's lovely. Um, <laughs> anyway, I won't make a comment on that either. But So I go down there. First thing I see up in the ceiling is that beautiful mosaic about um, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, do the Catholics really believe that, Lord? And he said, that's not the point. Do you believe it? But he used it to confirm something to me. So I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there all by myself. Okay. So finally, oh, she kept this up for many days. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Oh, I already read all that. Okay, so we must be vigilant. We must be vigilant. Letting your children, letting your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, watch sweet little movies, sweet, sweet, sweet little movies about princesses that do magic or have magic spells cast over them is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Movies filled with violence are not okay. Books, whatever they are, whatever media it is, it is not okay. Halloween is not okay. It is a dark, demonic, occult practice. It is not okay. I already talked to you about the superheroes and the witchcraft. See, I don't want to sit under that kind of stuff, and I don't want to force-feed my babies with it. I don't want to be responsible for that. It builds a dullness of discernment so that later in life, when they see those things, they think it's all okay. Santa Claus is a lie. It's not okay. Hope I don't burst any bubbles. I say that tongue-in-cheek. There is no good magic. There is no good witchcraft. Let's move on. God tells us to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But you got to submit to God. you got to submit to his word. Okay? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It doesn't do any good to say you're resisting the devil when you are partaking in demonic practices. 
Does that make any sense? James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Right? It's very simple. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Partaking in the things of the world is double-mindedness. What are the keys to this verse? Submit yourselves to God. Be humble. Be obedient. Be yielded. Draw nigh to God. In submission, in our hearts. In prayer. In fellowship. In getting to know him through his word. In agreeing with his ways. And his ways only whether you understand them at that moment in time or not. If it says do it, we do it. And then we act. We learn, and then we act. We just don't give it lip service. Okay? What's the next thing it says? Resist the devil. Okay? Resist the devil. Pay attention and say no. We kind of covered that already. Number three, it says, wash your hands. From what? What are we gonna wa- from what are we going to wash our hands? From the entanglements of the world. We're gonna wa- he tells us not to be polluted by the world, so we're going to wash ourselves from the entanglements of the world. We're going to say no to sin. We're going to recognize sin, and we're going to say no to sin. Next, it says, purify our hearts. Purify your hearts. How do we purify our hearts? We wash ourselves in the word. We wash our hearts in the word, right? From the heart, issues usher forth the issues of life, right? So we want a purity of heart. We want to, and this will always cause us, always, when we wash ourselves, our hearts, in the word, in our minds, it will always cause us to turn away from sin, See, God God is not a condemner, though. He's not going to condemn you. If you feel condemned, that's not of the Lord. Conviction is of the Lord. But you see, it's, it's a loving conviction that leads you to the right thing. It doesn't leave you in condemnation. It doesn't lead you, it doesn't leave you in self deprecation. See that? It doesn't bring you low self esteem. It doesn't make you feel rejected. It makes you feel swallowed up in love. That's, that's the Lord. But it will not only uh, help us turn away from sin, but it will actually lead us into the selflessness of Christ. See that when we purify our hearts? We become more and more and more selfless and more like Christ, who was the selfless lamb, right? He was the selfless one. He is the selfless one. And he demonstrated that to us. So, back to temptation. God always, always, always provides a way out of temptation. Always. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted 
beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it, so that you can escape the temptation. But we have to be willing to be submitted to him. Got that? He gives us a really, it's really, he gives us a really um, good game plan, so to speak. So, trials are situations that occur that are not in line with God's promises to you. Okay? Not in line, they're trying to pull you off base. Okay, you're, you're standing on the word and they're trying to pull you off of that. Um, they are trying to get you, a trial will try to get you to retire. It'll try to get you to um, say, I've done enough. Uh, it's okay for me to quit right now. Try to get you to resign. There is no retirement. There is no resignation in the kingdom of God. Okay? So, these are attacks from the enemy. They are not enticements to sin. Okay? Do you understand the difference? So, trials properly persevered with the presence of God in your life produce his wisdom, his character, and his strength in your life. Okay? Trials are persevered with the presence of God. Trials persevered bring kingdom fruit. Okay? You understand that? Kingdom fruit. You actually... I'll give you a scripture on this in a minute. You actually are the first fruits in this earth designed to produce kingdom fruit. And only kingdom fruit. James 1.17 Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth, how? Through the word of truth. You receive birth through the word of truth, that, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So, we depend on the word of truth and we become his first fruits in this earth. Do you want to be that? Yes. Well, he's made you that. You just need to agree. I just need to agree. You know I'm preaching to myself today, right? I'm not just preaching to you. We all need this to be strengthened and to stand in the last days because it's going to get darker and darker. And you're going to get lighter and lighter and you're going to be the ones that are going to bring salvation to those who need it. You're going to, you're going to encounter witches and get them saved.
Beloved, take joy that you are actually designed by God to be his first fruits in the here and now. His kingdom here and now. When you choose to follow Jesus, this is who you are. You are strong. You are powerful. You are life. to those in need. Very important. Very, very important. Necessary. You are necessary. Not a single one of you should give in to premature death or premature illness. God needs you. He hasn't grown you up to be a soldier in the army, to have you quit. So we're not going to fall asleep at the wheel. We're not going to retire. We're not going to resign. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we persevere, we lack nothing because of Christ in us. So, faith in Christ... Put into action defeats the devil every time. Every time. James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. See, like some of those examples I gave you earlier, okay, you can know the word, but are you going to apply it? Are you going to act? Are you going to cut things out? Are you going to grow other things? You see what I'm saying? Are you going to cultivate what the Word says to cultivate, and are you going to chop out what the Word tells you to chop out that doesn't agree with the Word? Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says. It's like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You see what that's saying? We, we can't just be listeners. We got to be the doer without getting into works. We do because we love. We do because it grows us up, right? We do because we want to be yielded. We do because we want the truth of the word in action in our lives. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. See, we all can be blessed, infinitely blessed. 
by looking intently, continuing to do. So there are three things here. We must look continuously, continuously, continuously in the word. We must not forget it. And we must do what the word says. Satan cannot, I, I want to just keep drilling this in, Satan cannot defeat the believer versed and knowledgeable in the word and willing, willing to act consistent, that means agree, consistent with, that means in agreement with, and consistently upon, that means continuous in terms of time, with the word during the battle. You got that? That makes sense? This believer that I just described will not be moved off course. This is you. This is you. Say, that is me. And the word determines the believer's path. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. You see what he gives us? I mean, awesome. Isaiah 45, 2. I will go before you, and I will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. That's a promise to you from your father. KJV there says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. Is there any crookedness in your life? Okay, don't condemn yourself over that. You say, my God is going to make that place straight for me because I'm going to look in his word and I'm going to submit to his word and I'm going to do his word. Luke 3, 5. Every valley shall be filled in. That means you're going to have a level place to walk. Every mountain and hill made low, you're going to have a level place to walk. You're going to have an ease. The crooked road shall become straight and the rough way smooth. You see, this is what the Lord has as your destiny. Bless you. The word decreed from your mouth and acted upon by you destroys the devil's arsenal. Lester Summerall, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the exact quote, but he said at one point, I am glad when I am surrounded by the enemy because I know that every arrow that I shoot will meet its mark in the enemy camp. You get that? When you are grounded in Jesus, every arrow you shoot meets its mark in the enemy camp and destroys him. You wreak havoc in the enemy's camp when you shoot the word at him. Our arrows are the word of God in speech and action. Right? 
So, analyze your situation. Really look at it. Just don't say, oh, that's life. Oh, everybody goes through those difficulties. Well, you know that's true. Everybody might be going through those difficulties, but that doesn't mean that you have to stay there. Okay? Figure it out. Talk to the Lord. Get the answer, and then help them out of theirs. All right? So you analyze the situation. You say what the Word says in that. You take it to your heart. This is not just like fluffy speech. This is, I believe Jesus. I believe this Word. I know it works. I know it is the power of God unto salvation. And that is not just salvation in eternal life. That is salvation from any disruptive force that has been brought into your life from the devil. The gospel is the power of God. into your situation. Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not, nobody wants to read this part. <laughs> they did not love their lives so much as to shrink back. From, as to shrink from death. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, which if you're a believer, you are covered in the blood and the word of your testimony, and you don't shrink back even unto death. You do not shrink back. That's us. You see, our testimony is not just what comes out of here. It's not just what comes out of our mouth, the words we speak. It ha first of all, it has to come out of our heart, our spirit, right? The spirit, the renewed, recreated spirit man, right? But it also includes our feet on the ground. Our testimony also includes our feet on the ground, our willingness to do it, okay? Not just say it. Christ's likeness. Christ-likeness, and walking by who lives within us. That's what we're talking about. Living by, walking by who lives within us, rather than the self that the devil wants you to live by. We live by the strength of Christ in us. Walking in abandonment to Christ strikes the devil down in his tracks, in his attempts. Walking in Christ, being clothed in Christ. 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God. Raise your hand if you're from God. Raise your hand if you're a child of God. So this is your promise. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Wow. See that? We've got it covered. We just need to be consistent with that. They are from the world 
and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. That's why you can't listen to all the social agendas and the political that aren't from the Lord, okay? They speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. So you need, I need, we need to distinguish, especially, you know, especially actually when, when things seem innocent, because like I said before, nothing's really innocent if it's, if it's intended to bring about something that's opposite the word, but we need to be aware, sober-minded, alert, right? Okay, from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. You want to be able to recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. The only way to do that is to test it according to the word. Only way to do it. Not by my imagination, not by what I think, not by what Jojo thinks, not by what my educated, you know, PhD thinks. And I'm not making fun of people who are educated. I'm educated myself. But it's not by human thought. It's by renewed, spirit-filled living. The word of God is spirit it is truth. It is life. So, I'm going to be very blunt here. If you are speaking the word of God in love, in love, in love, in the love of Christ, in the love of Christ, in the love of Christ, and you are standing on that truth, and someone is coming against you, they are flat out wrong. And you have every right and duty to make that known in a loving, Christ-like way. We must not compromise. But this has to be in the truth of the gospel. It cannot be your own perspective. It cannot be your own opinion. It cannot be you know, because God's a lot smarter than we are, okay? It has to agree with the word. You check yourself. You check yourself. You can be bold with the Lord. You check yourself. You make sure that you are in the word, accurately in the word, and that you are in the love of God. And this is not from some personal selfish desire, some jealousy, some anger, some hurt. It's not coming out of rejection that you've suffered. It's not coming out of unforgiveness that you have. It's not coming out of, I'll get them, vengeance. We're talking purity of heart. That's why we were talking about washing our hearts with the word earlier. Okay? And then you stand up and you refuse to agree or be moved. Regardless of the persecution that will ensue. All right. 2 Corinthians 10.4 For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty 
through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. You cannot go wrong if you do this. You will not be deceived. You will not be misled. If you do this, don't let your best friend do it for you. You dig. You dig, you dig, you dig, you dig, you dig. And you don't come away until the Lord gives you peace in the word. Stop being lazy. Manage your faith. I want to read this in the Aramaic translation. This this is amazing, I think. The weapons of our warfare are not according to the flesh, but of the power of God. Wow, that gives me strength. My weapons are the power of God that he's giving me. His power. And by it, we subdue rebellious fortresses. Isn't that an amazing word? Every rebellious fortress. Wow. And we pull down reasonings, reasonings, convoluted, non-word reasonings, and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God, and, listen to this, listen, 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 and we take all minds prisoner to the obedience of the Messiah. All minds prisoner. All false doctrines prisoner. Every social agenda coming from an unrenewed mind prisoner. To the obedience of the Messiah. But we are prepared Be prepared. We are prepared to execute the punishment of those who do not obey when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you get what that's saying? When we are submitted, humble, obedient to the Lord, purely washed by the word, His justification will fall on the disobedient. Which side do you want to be on? So, the best defense, brothers and sisters, beloved of God, children of God, the best defense is what? You hear this in sports all the time. The best defense is a strong offense. You knowing the word, you walking in the word, 
You don't have to get out there and preach against a bunch of stuff. You simply need to go forth in the word. Do you get that? James 1, 2 through 4. I'm going to repeat that one. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The word is our offensive line. You get that? The word is your offensive line. James 1.12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, and that's all of you, you are going to be standing in the end times. You will not be moved off. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We love Jesus. We love God. We let that love flow. That's our best offensive line. His love is his word. Even when it seems to discipline us. It is his love toward us. So we stay in the love of God. We stay in the word of God. This is our best, our best position. When you have drawn nigh to God, when you stay in the love of God, when you understand how much he loves you and you love him back because of who he is, which he is, his love is his word toward you, the devil cannot come into your presence. He cannot put, pull you off your course. He can try to approach you. He can try to approach you, and he does, but, 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 Christ in you, Christ in you will be your force field. It will be your shield. He will be your shield of blessing. He will be favor round about you. That's scripture. Psalm 511. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Do you see that's where we get to stay? That's where we get to stay. That's where we get to walk all the time. That those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O oh Lord, you bless the righteous, you surround them with your favor as with a shield. You are walking, when you stay in Christ, you are walking with a shield of favor round about you. Watch out, devil, because nothing is going to penetrate my shield. Because of the presence of Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, he is a shield, he is an anchor, he is a buttress, he is an advancing banner that goes before you and scatters 
the enemy. Psalm 68.1, may God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. That's where you walk, when you, when you are clothed in Christ. That's your promise. It's a promise to you. So, if we want to persevere through trials, if we want to defeat temptation, we must stay alert, be aware. Awake, O oh sleeper. We must be sober-minded. We must refuse to receive the pollution of the world. We must draw nigh to God, be humble before him, be obedient to him, surrender unto him, establish his word as our anchor and our launching pad. In study, in speech, and in action. All right. I hope you all don't think I was too tough on you today. It's all said in love, and it's all said because it's from the Lord, because it's from his word, and because he wants to protect you. All right. So we're going to take communion. If you don't have the communion elements, raise your hand, and an usher will bring you. Everybody okay? All right. I'm going to go to... 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. Verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Not reluctantly. If you're reluctant, just keep it in your pocket. It's not going to do you any good. And if it's not going to do you any good, then you're going to blame God. And you should never be blaming God. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Thank you, Lord, that you make me a cheerful giver. And God is able. This is, this is what you... This, this is what he, he promises you. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who ministers seed to the sower, you're the sower, he ministers seed to you, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. When you are a cheerful giver, this promise is for you. So, dear Lord, I thank you. Oh, I just did the tithe, didn't I? Okay, well, that's where we are. I guess that's what the Lord wanted, and then we'll do communion. I guess he wants you to end on communion today. So, dear, dear Lord, I just thank you for every person here. I thank you that your blessing is upon their lives. I thank you, Lord, that you help us walk in alertness, sober-mindedness, established on your word. 
I thank you, Lord, that you give us discernment, ears to hear, eyes to see, that we do your perfect will in every way, and we are a light to all those around us. And I thank you that this seed, Lord, is used in exactly the way that you would desire it to be used. I thank you that you give seed to the sower and that they reap a mighty harvest in their lives for being cheerful when they give to you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Okay, now we really will do communion. Thank you, Lord, for your selflessness. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, for your obedience. Thank you, Lord, that it was your will to do the pleasure of the Father and that you did not shrink back. And in that same way, help us not to shrink back. Help us to see, help us to hear Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you teach us and guide us to be the same selfless person that we see in Christ, who died on that cross for us, Lord, not regarding the shame. Oh, Lord, you turned it into glory, and we thank you for that. We thank you for what it's given us in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you for the blood that you freely poured out so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Lord, anything in our lives that displeases you, we turn it over to you now. We repent. Give us the strength to turn the other way. Thank you for showing us how to walk, how to walk according to your perfect will. And we thank you for the mercy. The blood poured out gave us mercy, your mercy in our lives, your forgiveness in our lives. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, beloved, don't forget to sign up if you're going to walk in the fair. T-shirts are going to be here next week. They're $12 a piece for XL and below, $14 for 2XL and above. If you can bring exact cash, that would be really appreciated because um, we don't keep money in the church. Um, but anyway, and then if you want to walk in the parade, we're going to be handing out bracelets in the parade. And if, if anyone wants one, let me know what color you want, and I'll give you one. But anyway, it's exciting times.